happy Mother's Day again. <laughs> we definitely want the mothers to feel special today. So you're going to hear that over and over again. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, thank you, moms, for sowing into the lives of your children. I'm definitely grateful that I have a mother that sewed into my life, even though I was strong-willed and difficult. You know, she still loved me and she prayed for me. And that's why I can stand here today because of her prayers. <laughs> Okay, so um, today we are so blessed to have Terry Barr with us and Steve. Thank you for coming again. This is your third time this year, so thank you very much. And we are excited to hear from you, Terry. And um, I found um, this post that Steve posted on Instagram about his beautiful wife. And so I thought this would be a great way to introduce Terry. Um, and so this is what Steve wrote about her. He said, most people who know Terry would agree that she is an amazing woman. And I do know her. She is amazing. She is capable, strong, adventurous, tenacious, truthful, creative, consistent, full of joy, a fantastic wife, always encouraging, always believing, always serving. She is a terrific mother. She did her years of sacrificially loving on her children, building character in her children, hovering over them with selfless and relentless prayer. And now she continues to be a great mom. She also does the same for her grandkids. Terry is a faithful daughter, taking on a burden that has taken years and years of extra effort, struggle, sleeplessness, and sacrifice for her parents and the families she dearly loves. She is an absolute marvel of a woman of God, constantly searching for God's insights and truths, graciously, graciously serving the body of Christ in countless ways. That is amazing, Terry. You're an amazing woman of God. And so please come and bless us with the message you have for us today. Good morning. I have a pleasant surprise. My niece Jen came to hear me. <laughs> she lives in Austin. So, yeah, right here <laughs> with you. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for extending that invitation. I love to uh, share God's word, and um, it's wonderful to be here. Um, I also want to say uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms and uh, for some of you, this may be kind of tender, and uh, either you didn't have a mom, didn't have a great mom, or you had a wonderful mom, and she's no longer with you. And so I just want to say that uh, God is faithful to you and loves you, and he's with you, and he's comforting you, and uh, he never leaves you, never forsakes you. And um, he understands everything that we go through. He went through pain. He went through sorrow. He went through loneliness, and he understands. So um, it could also be uh, women who have desperately wanted to have a child and were not able to conceive or carry a child. And, and so this sometimes is a tender time for you. But, um, but you're in the family of God. You're here, and this is the place to be to get that uh, love and hugs and all of that stuff. So um, God is faithful. I want to tell you, he is faithful. He is good. He is faithful. And um, sometimes we don't always uh, feel that reality and but I want to tell you that the there's a verse in the Bible that I love that says the secret things belong to God 
and we don't understand his ways. We don't understand his thoughts are not our thoughts, and um, but we can trust him. So even David in the Bible, the psalmist would cry out and say, God, why have you left me? Why? What's going on? I don't even feel you. But then he would always come back to, but you are faithful and you are good, and, and, I, and I know you. And uh, so God is there to comfort you. God is there to be there with you. Um, and he showed his faithfulness to us on the cross. And I always want to share the gospel of Jesus. And that is that um, he came as a baby. God sent his son who was perfect to die for us, came as a baby, lived a perfect life so that he could... Uh, be able to die on the cross for our sins. And sin is just separation from God. God says that all have sinned and uh, fallen short of the glory of God. And so the way that we fix that, or not the way we fix it, the way that he fixes it, is he sent his son to die on the cross for us. He bore our shame and he bore our punishment and he bore the price that we should have paid. He shouldn't have had to pay it, but he paid it for us so that we can say, Yes, Lord, I believe what you did, and I thank you for that, and I want to be your child. And then we immediately become um, reconciled with the Father, and we become his children. And uh, so he did die for us. He raised on the third day, and he's here, and he's coming back for us someday. So that's an amazing thing. And that proves his faithfulness to us. We can always look at that. And if you're not a believer today, if you haven't said yes, you could do that today. Even while I'm standing here, you could say, the things she just said, I want that. God, yes, I confess that, and I want to be your child. So, all right, I want to talk this morning about the planting of the Lord. And um, I think this is a great thing that God has put us in communities, and we need each other. And uh, so I want to start with Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the favor of the Lord has come, and with it the day of God's, God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give you a, a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. And so the planting of the Lord, another version says the planting of the Lord for his glory. Um, so... We are here in a community, a church, a local expression of his body, and that was his design. When Jesus ascended into heaven to be with the Father, he left us with the church, and he said, I want you to gather in communities. I want you to gather and encourage one another and stay together. And so, um, so the church is God's number one strategy for us to stay healthy and whole and encouraged and um, and and thriving. So community. In a community, we are known by others, not just the, um, the mask that we wear, 
And I'm not talking, this is always forever going to be the mask, right? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Let's talk about the mask, this, the mask we wear that says, I'm fine, I'm okay, you know, no worries, everything is fine. But in community, we can take down that mask and we can be known and we can say, hey, actually, I am struggling. Actually, things are difficult and I, and I need prayer, I need encouragement. And so that's what happens. And then we know others and we can reach out to others and bless them, encourage them, and, and be family with them. So um, another thing the church can be is, is kind of like the huddle. If you look at a football game and um, we huddle together once a week or twice a week or, um, you know, going to life groups is a great thing too. But we huddle together and we get encouraged and we get um, strengthened and we get um, just uh, that punch to be able to go out there and say, hey, you could do it. Let's go. Let's go out there into the world and, and shine brightly for Jesus. And uh, then we go out and we get beat up and we get <laughs> and we and things don't always go well and we try the best we can and then we come limping back here and we get encouraged and strengthened and comforted by the body and by the Holy Spirit. And so um, it's a wonderful thing that the sad thing is, is when we get beat up in the huddle. That should not be, right? In the church, we should not get beat up in the church. So we need to be a healing community, a forgiving community, a community that reaches out and uh, loves one another and, um, and accepts each other's failures, but prays for each other and receives each other. So here's, um, I'm going to give you some signs when you're not planted in the life of the local church. So signs that you're not planted are... You slip in and out the back door, no contact, no commitment, leave me alone. I'm just doing my thing, punching the, checking off the list that, okay, I did my church thing this week. Um, I don't think at Hope Rock you can do that. I think that you're going to get tackled and, you know, people are going to be like, hey, what's your name? Hey, nice to have you here. But uh, another way that you, a sign that you may not be planted is that you come year after year with no growth and no change, you just come and sit and you say, bless me, try and make me happy, try and sing the songs that I like to sing and say the things that I want to hear, bless me, bless me, but, but don't ever expect me to grow. That's not really being planted. Uh, then another one is you come in and you give your credentials immediately and you say, this is my resume. This is all the things that I've done. Use me or lose me. If you don't use me today, I'm out of here. That's not really being planted because you're not known and you don't know others. So here's our signs that we are planted. I've got good news for you. This is how you're planted. Number one, you grow. You grow. Uh, Psalm 92, 13, and 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. So I'm happy for that. As I'm getting older, I want to be fresh and flourishing. So being planted in the house of the Lord. So I want to encourage you to grow you go to a strong and healthy church that has nutrients, that has soil that you can be planted in, that has all the nutrients you need, that has the sunshine and the watering and, and all the things so that you're going to grow. And you don't move around from soil to soil. So 
I didn't like that song this week, so I'm going to try this church over here. Or that person didn't say hi to me, or that person offended me, so I'm going to go over here. Don't move around from soil to soil. That's not a good idea. I uh, am not a gardener. My niece is a very wonderful gardener. <laughs> She's come and planted at my house. It's been great. I'm trying to water. <laughs> John told me, you have to water these. <laughs> um, but uh, I love lemons. I love everything about lemons. I love the way that I can hold them in my hand. I love the shape. I love the color. I love the texture. I love the smell. I love everything that's made with lemons. I love lemon meringue pie. I love lemon chicken. I love lemons. And so Steve loves me. And so he bought me a lemon tree when we, one of our first houses that we lived in. So I said, oh, yay, a lemon tree. We're going to have lemons. I love lemons. So we took that tree, and we went out in the backyard, and we planted it. Where should we plant it? Well, let's just plant it right here. Let's plant it right in the middle of the backyard. And then after a couple of weeks, I said, you know, that's not a good place. The kids are, you know, running into it, and it's not safe there. So let's very carefully um, cut around, you know, not to cut off any of the roots. Let's cut around and let's put it on this side of the fence. That would be a good place, this side of the fence. So we did that. We planted the uh, lemon tree again. We replanted. And then, sure enough, there was a reason why we didn't want it over there. And a couple of weeks later, we said, no, this would be the perfect place for it. Over here in the back, in the corner, on the left side of the yard. So again, we we dug it around and planted it over there. Gave it, we gave it lots of um, vitamins and things, but that tree did not survive. I killed it. <laughs> it wasn't meant to move around from soil to soil to soil. It wasn't meant to move. And so we as um, believers in Christ who want to come into the house of the Lord, we need to stay, stay and grow our roots down deep. Unless God moves you, unless God tells you this is not the place for you, then you stay. Even when there's problems, you stay. Yes. Right? Okay. Number two is you bear fruit when you're planted in the house of the Lord. John 15 tells us that we must bear fruit. So we're pruned so that we can bear fruit. But even when we bear fruit, we're pruned again so that we bear more fruit. Colossians 1.10 says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And then Galatians 5.22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. When we, when we have received him, we have the Holy Spirit in us, and what oozes out of us as a result of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, um, what else? Self-control. Did I say I'm all goodness? Against such there is no law. So are you bearing fruit? Are you planted? Are you growing? Are you in healthy soil? And are you living as if you actually believe the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross for you, and that he's with you, and that you have all the benefits of being a son and a daughter of the king? Are you living that way? Are you growing? Are you thriving? And so wherever you are, you might be a visitor here today. Um, you might be, uh, your mother said, the greatest Mother's Day gift you can give me is to come sit next to me in church. So you may be visiting, or you may um, 
be out of state or whatever, wherever you are, whatever church you're at, grow your roots down deep and uh, stay, stay healthy that way. Um, if, you're, if you've just come here, if you're checking it out, um, this is a healthy place. I know it has good nutrients and good soil, and it's healthy. Um, okay, so number three, being planted in the house of the Lord, you have a family of friends. Psalm 68.6 tells us that God puts the lonely or solitary in families. We need to belong, and... Um, this pandemic, if it taught us anything, it taught us that we need each other. We need to be around each other. It's been painful to be separated. And so um, we need to be connected. We need to belong. We need a place. And there was a study um, done years ago that the result of it showed that 80% of all people need encouragement every single day. They need encouragement, uplifting, pat on the back. You can do it every single day. And then another 18% on top of that need that encouragement every other day. And so that makes 98% need encouragement at least every other day. We need it. God put that in us. That's a need of ours to be encouraged and to be in community with people, to know others and to be known. So he created relationship. He stamped his DNA on us. We need relationship. We're not to be solitary. We might think that we're introvert and that we don't need people, but you do need people. You need people. You need to be around people. And to, um, for you to give them love and for you to sh uh, use your gifts in their life, and also you need that encouragement yourself. So he's given all of us this huge capacity for love. So when you get married, if you get married and you're so in love with your spouse, and, um, and then after a while maybe a baby comes along and you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby, and the, and the wife thinks, oh, how could I possibly love another human being like I love this husband of mine, how could I possibly? But then she has the baby, and then immediately that love is there. Capacity, right? And then maybe a little bit later, number two comes along. How could I possibly love another child like I love this child? And then that capacity is there. That child is born, that capacity is there. God put that in us. We have this capacity to continue to love and love and love more people. And so um, relationship is so important. And so God puts you in a family. Um, and so you come into the church, and we have this thing called relationship before function. So you come in and get to know each other and get to know who, who is Hope Rock Church. Like, say you're coming in here. And then maybe you'll go to the DNA class, and then... And then you start uh, jumping in and serving, but getting to know one another, learning the new playbook. Like maybe you've been a seasoned believer, maybe you're a general, maybe you've you know led ministries, and you come here. God's sending the generals here to Hope Rock, and you just learn the new pay playbook, and then you jump in and arm in arm, and let's do this thing together. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, Let us consider... 
how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And uh, we need each other. The day is approaching. It's, it's closer than it was yesterday. The day is approaching when, and there is reality to this. It's, it's, it's our hope, but it's a, it's, a, it's a hope that will be fulfilled in the future that we will see Jesus. And so um, as we see the day approaching, we need to gather. We need to be together. We need to know each other. We need to have connection and community. And that thing about encouragement, when Steve and I were leading a church, um, you know, we'd look at each other on a Sunday. We'd say, oh, they came back. They're here. They came back. They didn't leave. <laughs> they came back, and that's encouraging. And for Marco and Kat, it's the same thing. Oh, yay, good. You're here. We love this. So um, our families are a microcosm of the church. So there's a lot of similarities characteristics of a family is families are for each other. We're for you. We want you to succeed. We want you to go further than us. Uh, when they get together, there's always a celebration when we come into church, when we're in a family. And then there's always room for more. Always. Let's just set another plate at the table. There's always room for more. Come on. Um, they miss each other when they're not there. They love new babies. It's the greatest thing in the world when um, someone gives their life to the Lord and becomes a Christian. I mean, that is so exciting. The whole church celebrates. And the same in our families when we have new babies. Each individual is unique. We don't all look alike. We don't all talk alike. We don't all dress alike. Um, we're all unique, and that's good. That's good. Um, the older take care of the younger in the family. And sometimes we hurt each other. Sometimes we offend each other. But we learn to work out those disagreements in a God-honoring way so that our relationships are even stronger than they were. And so we love each other. We, um, we work through difficult times, and we stay. Don't move around like the lemon tree. We stay, <laughs> unless God moves you. So number four is you feel a connection when you're planted. When you're really planted, your roots are down in the life of the church. You feel a connection. I've heard uh, di at different times people say things like this, I just don't feel connected to that church. I just don't feel connected anymore. Well, I'll tell you why you don't feel connected. People who say that, not you. Um, Romans 12 tells us that we all have gifts and we all have a function in the body. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says we use our gifts to serve the body so that God gets the glory. So there's this thing of priesthood of all believers. So we are all the priesthood of believers. So it's not just this little um, group of people who do all the work of the ministry. They preach the gospel. They lay hands on the sick to be healed. They visit people in the hospitals. They comfort um, those who are mourning. They, um, you know, set up the church, clean the toilets, do, you know, this little group of people do everything. No, we're a priesthood of believers. We all take part. We all can preach the gospel. We can all pray for people to be healed. We can all visit people who are um, in sorrow and that need comforting. 
we can all do that. We can all teach his word. Um, so there's this priesthood of all believers. So we all do the work of ministry. And we feel connected if we are a fully functioning part of the body. If we're not functioning, we don't feel connected. So jump in and function. <laughs> function. If you've been here a while and you've checked it out and you say, yeah, I've gone to the DNA class. I feel like God is calling me to be a part of this church. Then I want to start functioning. I want to start, I want to start doing um, my part and start being part of this body. Um, if we're not functioning, then we don't feel connected. And Arabella has, did I say that right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> she just broke her arm. Poor little thing, this little eight-year-old broken arm. But, and so she's in a cast, so her arm is not functioning. So her body is not getting the benefit of all the things that happen when your arm functions. You know, she wants to reach and get something, and she can't do that. And so we need to function in order to feel that connection. So, uh, and when you're functioning, you have a sense of ownership, a sense of belonging, where you're, you know, like, I've got to be there. Who's going to greet? Who's going to hug this person? Who's going to do this? I, I have to be there. If I'm not there, that's not going to happen um, to, to the best extent of me doing it. So, um, so I used to tell my, we led a church for 21 years in Northern California, and I used to tell when I would um, teach for um, people coming into the church, I'd say, you need me. You need me. You need my smile. You need my hugs. And I need you. I need your kindness. I need your organization. I need all the things that you bring to the table. We need each other. We need to be here. And so there are family chores, and there is passion. Now, maybe your passion is worship or children's ministry or tech or something. And, but then there's also family chores, right? Setting up the chairs and doing the coffee and, um, you know, all the things that, um, that the deacons and elders can tell you about <laughs> that they need. <laughs> but so I would say do um, your passion like 80% and do... Pitch in 20% for family chores. And so we want you to be here, be connected, and using your gifts because then uh, you feel connected and you're part of this body. Number five, you're accountable. Some people don't like that word accountable. Um, I think it's a great word. I think that God has created accountability for us, and it's necessary, it's needed, and it's good for us. It keeps us healthy and strong. When you're count accountable, um, you know others, and they know you. You're known by others, and so you're opening yourself up and saying, okay, this is me, and, um, and this, these are the areas that I need help in. I need prayer, and I need encouragement in, and then you can do the same for the others. Accountability exposes weakness to the light, and weakness and sin to the light, and brings freedom and protection. So say someone has this hidden sin, and they're like, okay, I can't ever tell anybody that. And, of course, the devil is agreeing with you. I can't ever tell anybody that because then they won't like me. They'll reject me. Um, or I'm, I'll be ashamed. I'll be guilty. And, in fact, I can't even go to church today because I don't deserve it because of the things I've done this week. 
And, um, and, and God says, no, that's not true. I died for that. And so come back into fellowship, get strengthened, encouraged, and comforted, and, and get people to pray for you. So when you're in that state, the devil's saying, yeah, you don't want to be around those people. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, run to the church, run to accountability and go to somebody who is older than you and the Lord and say, I'm struggling with this area. Would you pray with me? Would you stand with me? Um, and can I be accountable to you? And, uh, and, and then it's exposed to the light. So there's freedom. So you don't have that bondage anymore. It's exposed. And that person will love you even more. I promise you. They'll say, I'm so glad that you shared that with me. I will stand with you. I will be available to you. I want you to call me when you need me. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to encourage you. And so, um, it, you get that freedom, and then you also get the protection of going to people and having them, you know, say, how are you doing in this? And so make sure that there's tangible accountability with reality where you're going to them and reporting back. You know, I didn't do so good this week, but then the next week, I did great this week. Thanks for praying for me. So, um, and for major decisions, there's lots of life-changing decisions, moving jobs, moving uh, states, moving houses, all the things. And there's just wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So it's not like, you know, okay, you have to uh, ask permission to do anything. You don't. But, uh, but there's just wisdom in saying, you know, hey, we're praying about this. Will you pray with us? Because we don't want to, you know, make a mistake. So what is not good is when somebody comes to you and says, um, I've sold my house, I quit my job, I bought a house in, in Ohio, and I took another job, and would you pray with me about this decision? <laughs> and so that's, that's not really coming and getting a, um, wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Um, best to do it before and say, they we're thinking about this, would you pray with us? And for um, young people, well, for everyone, the most important decision that you will ever make in your life is following Jesus, is accepting him as your Lord and Savior and living for him and um, being his child. The second most important decision you'll ever make in your life is who you're going to marry, your spouse. And uh, so that is major, major, major um, life-changing decision that um, needs lots of accountability and uh, so go to the people that have known you your whole life <laughs> or the people that have been so close to you for years and years and know you and let them expose them to this person that you are contemplating spending the rest of your life with. So um, say, um, you know, would you take us out for a nice steak and lobster dinner? <laughs> <laughs> me and my girlfriend or me and my boyfriend and uh, and just watch, keep your eyes open, ears open and give us any wisdom that you have because you don't want to make a mistake. This is a life, a life decision. Um, so and uh, and just stay in touch. You know, when you're in the family, when somebody's not at the dinner table and you don't know why they're not at the dinner table, you say, are they OK? You start to wonder and be concerned. So just stay in touch. Let us know um, so that we don't have cause for concern that, you know, you're not going to be here. Um, so isolation is one of the biggest strategies of the enemy, I believe. 
And when you are tempted to stay home and not gather with this community, with this family, like once you've said, this is where God has uh, planted me. This is where I'm going to grow my roots deep and I'm going to stay. This is it. Once you've made that decision, then if you're tempted to not gather and not come around, like say you're tired, you've had a hard week, you're depressed, I just, I, I just don't want to see anybody, then that is a flashing, you know, yellow light, red light, you know, no. The more that you don't want to gather, the more that you need to gather. So um, the Bible says that when we come together, we are encouraged, we are strengthened, and we are comforted. And when you're in bed with the comforter pulled over you, that comforter isn't the kind of comforter that's going to comfort you. And when you're there, you are not, you will not be strengthened, comforted, and, and uh, encouraged when you're staying home. You need to run to the church. <laughs> you need to get in fellowship and, and tell them, I'm tired, I'm depressed, I'm having a hard time, and be strengthened, comforted, encouragement, encouraged. So you're laying there in bed with a comforter over you, and you say, okay, God, I know that this is a, uh, you know, a warning sign that I need to get there even more. So you roll over, you fall on the floor, you crawl over to the closet, you grab something to put on, you somehow get to your car, find your keys, get to your car, drive to Hope Rock, get in that parking lot, open the door, fall out the door, and army crawl through those doors. And you will be encouraged and strengthened and comforted. I've never, ever heard from anybody that has said, after they've done that, I've never heard anybody say, oh, what a waste of time. Why did I go there? That was horrible. That, was, that, that makes everything even worse. No, it do, that doesn't happen. Why? Because we come together, and you need the smile. You need Kat's smile. <laughs> you need Charlie's hug. You need the body. And uh, you will be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted because that's what God says, that that's how it happens. So um, I would just want to say if you're um, checking Hope Rock out, you're in a safe place. I want to say if you've been here for years and years and years, you're in a safe place. And sometimes people get hurt and offended, and, um, and that's a horrible thing. But, um, but we work it out, and we work get out in a godly manner. So this is a safe place. I want to encourage you to forget what lies behind and press on toward the goal of everything that God has for you. He's got good things for you. And uh, get planted, grow your roots down deep, and stay. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this body. Lord, thank you for these people here today. Thank you for these mothers who um, tirelessly and sacrificially serve their families all, all the time. God, thank you for those here at Hope Rock who serve and who prepare for people to come in. And um, Lord, I just I pray that this would be a place of celebration. I pray this would be a place of healing and victory, Lord. I pray that this would be a hospital, God, those that need to come in and get an IV drip and um, just be served and, um, 
and uh, comforted, Lord. I pray, Father, that this would be a, just a place where people can come in and grow and change, be transformed into your likeness, Lord. Why? So that we can go out and we can go out and share this wonderful truth, this wonderful gospel, Lord, that you've put us in, that you've given for us, Lord. I pray that we would um, be on mission, Lord, that we everywhere we go, Lord, our churches, our schools, our neighborhoods, God, that we would share the love of Jesus. We would share the light, Lord, of your kingdom, God. And Father, I pray that um, this place would grow, not for growth's sake, Lord, but because people are coming to you and it's a safe place to come and to get um, healed up, fixed up, grown, and then go out and get more. And Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for today. We thank you for this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Terry. Oh, it's just so good, you know, to be reminded of all of those truths. And if you haven't heard it before, well, then it's good for you to, to hear it for the first time. And, um, yeah, it was just so good, Terry. And I, I would say that having come from South Africa four years ago with my family, that Hope Rock is our family. Sorry. And we love you guys. So thank you for being our family. Right, so getting it together, we're going to continue worshiping the Lord. And if there's anybody here that needs prayer today, please, I would encourage you to please come to the front. There's Marco. No, <laughs> He's busy taking a picture of me. There's Marco, and I would love to pray with you. We really want to stand with anybody that needs prayer today. And uh, Terry and Steve would also be happy to pray. And we have deacons here that will be available at the front or at the back that would love to pray with you. Please don't uh, feel shy to re respond to prayer because, um, you know, prayer is so powerful. It's such a great opportunity for us to stand together, to bring things to the light, and then the enemy is defeated. He hates it. He hates it when we come and we stand together and we pray together in the name of Jesus because he is powerless.